You're listening to the Tuesday Talks podcast, your source of truth in communications, identity management, and technology. Season three is now officially underway as Rebecca Johnson, founder and CEO of Numerical, and Anise Jaffer, Numerical's chief product officer, kicked off a new season with their first episode, covering all the identity-related topics that you may have missed since season two, including regulatory updates and their predictions for 2023 and the upcoming season. Welcome to Tuesday Talks, a live discussion series where we bring truth and shed light across the brand, identity, and communications industry. I'm Rebecca Johnson, founder and CEO of Numerical, and I'll be co-hosting today's session with Anise Jaffer, Chief Product Officer at Numerical. Anise, it's great to get the two of us back together again for the season three kickoff. It's been a while. I'm looking forward to discussing trends and predictions in the first episode of season three, and you may have noticed there are some changes with our live recording and we hope that you enjoy these changes we have also added an anonymous q a feature should you have any questions during our talk so anise welcome and let's kick it off yeah it's great to be back rebecca um, a lot of things have happened things are evolving and changing uh, in the robocall space but still it seems like uh, the status quo remains um, and so we have a lot of things to cover today. Uh, we'll be discussing branded calling, uh, standards, then DLC, identity, and you also mentioned the entrance of AI to voice scams. scams. So I'm looking forward to hear what that is. Uh, but before we deep dive into these topics, uh, I would like you to kind of give you a, give an update on regulatory and enforcement. Yes. So enforcement side, there's definitely been an, uh, an increase, which I think was part of the prediction that we made um, last year that would occur towards the end of the year. Um, we're seeing this both from the FCC and the FTC. So the FCC, one of the biggest ones was the shutdown of a mortgage robocall scam campaign. And this is where we have state AGs working with traceback groups, working with the FCC. They're all working together to try to stop really kind of bad business practices that uh, leverage the voice channel to exploit um, its victims, essentially. So the FCC's Enforcement Bureau ordered a telecommunications uh, companies to block traffic from a company called PhoneBurner that was sending calls from its customer, that was a real estate brokerage firm, MV Realty. So what was interesting about this is that that letter went to Twilio. So here we have, kind of sounds like a KYC situation to me, where Twilio needs to know its customer and needs to know its customers' customers. So that created a lot of conversation just from that particular one. Then the FTC has embarked on its effort to prevent illegal calls from entering the United States from overseas. And of course, no project can go without a name. So this project is called Point of No Entry Project or Project Pwn, I guess is how you say it. Um, they have targeted 24 service providers marking them responsible for routing and transmitting illegal robocalls between 21 and 2023 in connection with, get this, 307 telemarketing campaigns, including government and business imposters. We have the COVID-19 relief payment scam, student loan debt relief. Like, it just went on and on. And the traceback data showed that after being contacted by Project Pwn, uh, staff, 22 of the 24 targets, significantly curbed or altogether stop the flow of illegal robocalls entering the country over their networks. And I think what the enforcement is showing 
is that when your hand gets slapped, somehow you can magically find a way to comply. It's quite interesting. Um, before I go into FCC deadlines, any thoughts on on you know what your take is with the enforcement side? Yeah, I did. I did uh, look at some statistics, and I saw that the trending for um, illegal scam calls is trending down. Uh, so it makes sense that some of these things are taking effect, especially calls um, that are coming from overseas. Um, however, I also saw that. The, and I think everybody has experienced this, uh, the actual number of calls that we're getting uh, still going up. Uh, it could be that uh, enterprises are now calling and those calls may not be wanted by consumers, may not be illegal, but uh, the true spam calls are still going up. So that's what I you know, kind of noticed and, and I saw across trends. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think we're definitely gonna see more of that this year and maybe Maybe we can get a definition for unwanted, um, or maybe we need to rethink how we collect this information to consumers. But consumers definitely have spoken up that they want control over the types of calls that are being delivered, even if it's ones that they've signed up for um, and they no longer want to receive, they want to deem those as unwanted. So it's it's still an area that we have to explore. And I think the, on an enforcement side, even on a rulemaking side, that's a really hard one to weigh in on. So I think the market has to figure that one out. But when we look at um, deadlines that occur, there were quite a few since our last season and the kickoff of this season. We have the DNO list blocking that by December of 19th, gateway providers were supposed to block based on reasonable do not originate lists. Where those reasonable lists exist is somewhat of a challenge. Uh, we had January 11th, gateway providers have to submit certification and mitigation plan to the RMD. So we saw that occurring um, and an influx to the RMD. The know your upstream provider requirements also began January 2023. Again, this is on the gateway providers to follow know your upstream provider rules, which require them to take, here's those very defined words, reasonable and effective steps to ensure that their upstream foreign providers uh, are not providing you know, illegal traffic. But it looked like from the enforcement on the FTC side, a good bit of them figured out how to do that whole know your upstream provider. I hope we can get some information from them in the future. But we have um, upcoming uh, deadlines as well. Uh, implementing stir shaken for gateway providers is June 30th. Uh, it seems to be June is the deadline for stir shaken implementation. But this year it will be on the gateway providers. So I'm sure we'll have talks about it. So my expectations for this year, more enforcement, more rulemaking. And maybe, just maybe, an actual reduction in illegal traffic across voice and messaging. Although, sadly, I highly doubt it. And I say this, Anise, because telecom gets organized around the cons, it needs to get organized around the concept of identity for both consumers and businesses. And if they do not get organized around that, we will not move the needle forward. The bad actors are more sophisticated, more agile, innovative and creative than the carriers who networks they exploit. Speaking about actor ingenuity, this year they launched a new product, Denise. It's called Voice Simulation Scam Calls. It's horrible. Have you heard about it? I have not. Uh, tell me more about it. So this is a recent one where um, a mother received a phone call and it sounded like her daughter screaming, yelling. Um, who had been kidnapped 
and the kidnapper got on the phone and you know obviously the mom was panicking and said you have to transfer certain money while this conversation is going on the teenage daughter whose voice she heard on the call comes walking down the stairs and basically asks mom what are you doing who are you talking to and why are you freaking out so it just it's frustrating this is where the mom in me really comes out and it's egregious that the telecom space is still not talking about identity we're still trying to figure out what to do with stir shaken stir shaken you know what we deployed it it's an avenue for identity we have got to move the conversation over to verified identities in order to restore trust and communications because the entrance of ai and these bots will just erode this entire infrastructure rendering it useless we cannot trust what's on the other end of the line yeah that's i mean that's crazy um i mean but Everybody has heard about ChatGTP and the development in AI, but this is uh, this is going to be uh, really difficult with, um, if if uh, voices are being impersonated, right? Um, yeah, and as you said, I think identity is the key. Uh, how do you make sure that the calls um, are being initiated by the right person or the or, or the entity? Uh, so identity is the key for far too long. The telecom industry has been depending on telephone number as the identity, which is completely wrong. Um, you, you have to sh shift the uh, the mindset here and build processes that will uh, truly get to the real identity of an individual or an enterprise to solve this problem. And the closest thing that makes an attempt to display an identity to a consumer is quote unquote branded calling, but this is not built on identity standards of any kind. And the current branded calling doesn't even leverage Stir Shaken. It's, it's completely out of band over the top. So I'd like to make a plug for NIST standard 863 for just a moment, because that actually is a standard for identity. And you know, if you don't, if you don't know this standard, then I think we need certain actors to stop talking about trust and secure communications. It's like, we cannot use these words if we're not implementing the proper standard around identity and then injecting it into the voice call. Everything else is going to fall short. So I think that's our job, Anise, part of this year, too, is to bring these subject matter experts. I want the standards writers in the space of identity who are fighting this on a global scale to educate and bring awareness into the telecom space so we can innovate around it. Yeah, I 100% agree. Yeah, 100% agree. I think we should, I mean, we have we have some sessions identified uh, to talk about identity. So we'll get uh, we'll get the right people on and we'll, we'll probably have a session on and get, go through the standards uh, that you just mentioned. So um, more to come later this uh, season. Now, talking about branded calling as a way or currently that's being positioned as a way for um, Identity and it's again it's those those solutions are not uh, assets available today are not structured to identify uh, who's calling. I mean anybody um, who has an access to that um, branded provider can get enabled. However, there is no um, if if there is no check on who's actually originating the call. So you could have an enterprise sign up for a random calling, but then you could have another uh, person or an individual um, 
use the same number and get branded products. It's not it's it's broken uh, as as it is available today. Um, and I think these solutions that are available are mostly name only as it as it is available now, and it's a rebadged CNAP solution. And we all know that that's broken, right? Um, and the way the carriers have decided to implement brand calling today is very limited. Um, they do not have uh, the operational procedures to identify who the enterprises are and the entities that are um, behind um, making those calls, uh, especially when you have um, enterprises and BPOs supporting them originating calls. So I personally don't think the current brand calling solution um, that's available uh, is not is not the um, solution for um, or the real solution to have a secure calling experience. I like what branded calling offers and I appreciate the innovators in that space, but it is not the solution for secure delivery of calls. It is not the solution that restores trust. If anything, it is the avenue through which a bad actor can hide. We're just giving them another place to flow down and put someone else's name in front of them. I personally had my uh, city card, um, got a call, it's a city card number. It says that it's from the bank because it presents the name because it's CNAM, it's not secure, you can spoof it. Get on a call, this gentleman is talking the right stuff, tells me that my card has been compromised, he's here to help me, wants to make sure that we shut it off. Oddly enough, my card had been compromised months prior and uh, so the uh, false um, transactions, I was like, those sound really familiar. Like, that seems about right. Um, but he lost me when he asked for the credit card number. <laughs> right? So it was like, mm. and he got very upset and he got angry and got mad. And he's like, no, 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 I'm trying to help you. Scary part is that he says, hold on a second, I'll prove to you. Time goes by, small amount comes back and gives me the balance of the card to a T. That is terrifying. Hmm. And that is exactly what I was afraid of with branded calling, that once the bad actors knew that this feature was available and it knows what TNs belong to what bank, they can call and pretend to be them. And then all your analytics and analysis, uh-uh, that would, that would not work because that number was an accurate number. The message reflected the name on the call. How would you know? So we've got a shift for the sake, <laughs> for the sake of consumers. Right. We've got a shift. Yeah, I agree. I agree. On the standard side, um, delegated search um, was expected to at least have some layer of uh, additional information as RCDs were added as passports to, uh, to this base to shaking certificate and it should have uh, helped with this, with this, um, uh, so, you know, having an accurate way of attaching the RCD asset. But it has its own flaws, uh, delegated sets. Uh, for one, it is cumbersome to get enterprises uh, get their own delegated sets and having them sign those calls because calls are getting signed at the OSP level. Um, that that was one issue. Um, the subordination involved multiple entities uh, and when you have um, enterprises behind BPOs and it was just way too complicated. Um, and even after, let's say, somebody is able to get a delegated search and they're able to sign the call, you still have to go through multiple nodes and there is no guarantee that the RCD passport will even make it to the terminating search product. And let's say it makes it there. And then the termination carrier, terminating carrier has to trust that, you know, that they got this in a secure way and then render it on the device. So 
I think the model is, especially on delegated search that was proposed, had a good thought process behind it and uh, an idea, but the implementation of the execution has been um, is not is not viable at this point. So that's another um, uh, area that we are watching. Um, there are some models that are being proposed. Uh, probably in the next few months, we might get to know more about uh, what else can be done so that uh, we can have trusted players uh, with specific roles in a secure uh, ecosystem uh, so that when calls are made, a terminating carrier can render the RCD information uh, right, by trusting all the players. So essentially, I'm looking forward to see if there is a zero trust model where every player can be verified along uh, the different uh, nodes before it actually gets to the to the terminating carrier. Um, so uh, something to watch for um, uh, you know, as we go through this year. And I think, um, I mean, if nobody else is gonna bring the conversation to the table, we're gonna do it is we need to talk about zero trust architecture yet again, yet again, telecom is a wonderful location to deploy some of these security concepts. Uh, so I would like to see that folded in under what we are doing um, holistically as an industry and everybody's role, whether you're a CPaaS provider, you're the enterprise gateway provider, uh, terminating service provider, originating service provider, guess what? You can participate in a zero trust framework. And uh, I think we need to start shifting our conversation to that as well. Um, so it's already out there. It's published. There's experts right here in D.C. would love to have some of them. Uh, join on a Tuesday talk, but that will help move us down that direction because we definitely just don't need more products on the market. We need security within the telecom infrastructure. <laughs> Speaking of more products. <laughs> yeah, let's move to the messaging world. Um, we talked about voice uh, quite a bit. Uh, so as expected, robotics and scamming on the messaging channel has increased. Uh, the 10 DLC campaign registry process seems to have its own issues. Uh, we're getting several inquiries from clients who are trying to navigate the space. Uh, any updates that you have that you can share um, with the audience uh, on the messaging side? Yeah, so 10 DLC is the soap opera that never ends. The characters die and then they come back through some miraculous surgery and then people dating the same people and the storyline just never seems to progress. Yeah, that's your update. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Sounds like voice. It's on repeat. It's on repeat. So, but in all seriousness, this is a solution that doesn't seem to be taken seriously anymore due to the ever moving goalpost deadline for registration. So this stick does not have a carrot, my friend. Simply put, the terminating carriers, such as AT&T, continue to threaten increased rates for unregistered traffic, which is quickly becoming more problematic. Um, and I, I, I think 10DLC could use a redo, perhaps, step back, maybe. Let's see why this isn't progressing forward. Is it structured properly? What are the challenges? And how do we get over those challenges? I think it's deployment into the messaging ecosystem and the carrier's dependency upon service providers and aggregators to play a role, in my opinion, is where the whole thing went wrong. Um, and, and I can say that because uh, it's not successful and this deadline keeps moving. If it was successful, we wouldn't be at this point. 
So I would like to stop defending people defending what Tim DLC is, where it's at. I'm not saying anybody's a bad actor, but it's broken and it's got some problems. So I would really like for this year if we could move to actually solving it. And the carriers need this to work. I don't put the blame on the AT&Ts and the T-Mobiles. They had every right to throw their hands up in the air and say, for the love of all things mighty, all that traffic that keeps coming into our network, we're doing everything we can to protect our subscribers, but we've got to up the game. And you know what's interesting about 10 DLC? It's just identity. It's identity. And how do you deliver it across the messaging framework? Looks like another opportunity for zero trust architecture to be applied to end to end for messaging. Um, I might have some ideas on that. So I would like to see that be a topic um, and bring some people into the Tuesday Talk podcast that um, can speak to that. Tell us what needs to be changed and also hear from enterprises on the challenges that they have with it. The reason why that switch is not getting get flipped where immediately all traffic that's not registered is going to get blocked is because it's not fully deployed. We stand the risk of shutting off hospitals, schools. That's too risky. We got to make some changes. What's been your experience? I know you talk to people about it as yeah. well. Yeah, I mean, everybody's, uh, most enterprises are frustrated that there is no clear uh, direction on um, how to get their messages through. Uh, the the rates and the tariffs that, you know, that keeps to be seems to be changing. Um, I also saw that the deadline got pushed out. Um, that's another moving goalpost. We don't know. Is it going to continue to happen? Or is this the final deadline? Nobody knows. Um, so I... It's it's something that um, from a product perspective, yes, I I want to see if I can uh, figure out um, a, a solution that would be available for enterprises. But that's something that we have to uh, look at and evaluate uh, as we go through this year. Uh, and I agree with you; it has to come down to identity, right? Um, how do we make sure that the organizations or who are leveraging messaging platforms are identified and have um, a way to transfer that identity or make, uh, so that it can be trusted all the way through. Um, so yeah, talking about identity, I know you spent some time uh, looking at uh, identity and uh, especially with in terms of how individual identity plays on the internet and attended some conferences. So what, Give us an update. What did you see? What did you learn? Um, what do you, how do you think it's, it can be applicable for us in the telecom world? Well, this East Coaster went to the West Coast and dropped myself in Silicon Valley <laughs> with a bunch of identity people. So that was, um, it was refreshing. It was kind of nice to be surrounded by people who think identity and are eager to solve problems with identity. Um, and there's a lot of really nice, genuine thought that's been applied, even from the standards. I met some of the standards writers, phenomenal human beings, very brilliant, very smart, passionate. And these, the almost desperation of these identity experts for the industries to adopt it was overwhelming at times. And they're extremely alarmed, especially around AI, which I said, we're going to have some of those guests. This is what they live and breathe. And uh, it just, I returned back from that event 
really motivated that we're on the right path here, even though numerical is somewhat alone in the conversation of identity for telecom at, at this level within Stir Shagan, it's the right path for the industry. And there's a lot of experts who would agree. Um, so I'm really looking forward to bridging that expertise um, that's out there on the West Coast. We gotta bring it over here into the DC area. And I actually led a session about how do we get these experts into the um, lawmakers and the regulators. And I think I'll be participating in some of those activities um, because it's needed. So it was refreshing to see that, but I think I think that's that's the conversation. We have to have that on a regular basis. Innovators in telecom should be thinking about how do I bring identity into this, into what we are doing, which is what our team focuses on all the time. So um, I was energized. I think it's the absolute right thing to do, and I'm looking forward to how that can change and actually restore trust into communications. Awesome. So more to come on that, I guess, and uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have to get some of those folks on the uh, Tuesday talks as well. Yes. Uh, I think we are at about four minutes. Um, maybe we should get uh, take some questions. The first question we have for the both of you is what is the single most impactful recent move by the FCC that enterprises should keep an eye on? So I'll address that one. Um, that's what's, you know, the FCC is really focused on the service providers. So this is a good question because you have to tie what the FCC is doing with regards to who it has authority to regulate and then bring that down to the enterprise impact. So from that, I think the most important thing that the FCC is doing in the enterprise perspective is whittling away the exemptions for Stir Shaken. So far too many calls now are still not being signed. They're still not being signed. So the only ones that are signed regularly are mobile to mobile. I know when I call my children or my children call me, those, those calls are getting signed. That's not my problem area. So until all call routes are signed, the value of stir shaken is diminished dramatically and that's the negative impact to uh, enterprises and what enterprises should be looking for is the FCC removing all those hurdles and connecting all the pipes. All right, the next question we have for you is how do we trust our calls to answer them? Easy answer, you don't. <laughs> Sadly, uh, I don't trust calls when, you know, especially when you don't recognize the numbers. You don't, you know, I let it go to voicemail. Um, I guess until, again, picking along the same uh, answer from before, until all uh, carriers adopt end-to-end -end, uh, verification and trust, uh, it's going to be difficult to trust who's calling. Uh, if it's a if it's a contact that you already have, if it's person to person, it's uh, it's a little better off. Um, but you know, otherwise, it's uh, it's it's challenging as we have it today. So until we start talking trust and identities, it's not going to happen. It just doesn't. You just don't fall into this. <laughs> it's like someone has to actually build it and put effort into it. So, and I do think you know, Anise, from this perspective, I think the enterprises. It'd be good to get their feedback of what hurdle um, are you not willing to cross over in order to have your identity verified and delivered as trustworthy to the consumer. I don't think there is one. So yeah. everyone's here to support it. We just need the carriers to deliver it and the FCC to require it. That's it. So simple. 
All right, well, we'd like to thank all of you for joining us today uh, to kick off our first episode of Tuesday Talks Season 3. We'll be continuing the conversation of identity at our next live Tuesday Talks session on Tuesday, May 9th, where we'll be updating you on the FTC enforcement actions uh, we predicted in Season 2, our discussions on KYC, and then flipping the conversation to introduce the concept of Know Your Vetter. It's a term that uh, we're introducing and defining for the industry, so we hope you'll come and join us with plenty of questions for us. Thank you, and we hope to see you again. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Tuesday Talks, your source of truth and identity in the communications industry. Our next live episode will be in two weeks on Tuesday, May 9th, where Rebecca returns and is joined by Keith Buell, Numerical's General Counsel and Head of Global Public Policy, to discuss Know Your Customer and Know Your Vetter concepts in response to recent FTC enforcement actions. So join us in our mission to promote transparency and collaboration to return trust to communications. Simply click the link to register and join us at the live show. Invite a friend and be sure to to submit a question you'd like to have answered live. We hope to see you there.